your age. Well, who makes the rules? Who's going to tell me what my age should act like? Who's going to say that I can only go to university in my 20s and that I can't start a new career in my 40s? Or that modeling, swimsuits, and lingerie after 50 is off limits? Rachel Peru is here to show us that we can make our own rules. But she wasn't always the body confidence activist she is today. This silver-haired curve model spent years saying no to opportunities and letting her self-consciousness guide her decision-making. But at 39 years old, Rachel took inventory of her life and stepped out of her bubble. Because it's never too late to say yes, to take risks, to believe in yourself. But what was it that sparked this awakening? And what steps did she take on her way to genuine confidence. Let's go ahead and start the conversation. I'm Megan Kitchen, and this is Balancing Cultures. What's kind of your elevator pitch of who are you? Um, I guess I kind of describe myself mostly as a a silver-haired curve model, a midlife body confidence activist, podcaster, and champion of women in midlife. Wow, that sounds like gold stars across the board. (laughs) So then also, without too many spoilers, because we are going to dig into your story, why do you want to share your story? Why are you going onto public forums to let people know who you are? Because I think I've, I've had such a great reaction from my social media over the last few years of other women reaching out to me that have felt lost and are feeling invisible in the 40s. And I want to be able to show them that it doesn't have to be like that. I want to be able to help raise them up um, because and learn through my experiences because I've achieved so much more in my 40s and now I'm 50. In the last 10 years, I've done more than I ever did before. And I want to be able to to show that to other women, to inspire them to try new things and step out of their own comfort zone and, and help lift each other up, because that's what that's where the magic happens when we all support one another. Well, then I guess we can go ahead and start digging into, well, how did you become this person? Because this doesn't just happen. Yeah. So where does your story begin? It's not just 10 years ago. It's long before that. Where do you want to start? Yeah, I mean, I suppose when we know I live in a um, really small village in Yorkshire. I've lived here all my life um, and it's a beautiful place to to grow up. And it has been a fantastic place for my children to grow up. It's very small. And I really lacked confidence when I was younger. I was surrounded by friends that were super confident and I thought were just gorgeous. And I really struggled and didn't feel as confident as everybody else. I was very insecure and shy. And that carried through right through to my 20s and 30s. And I stopped stopped myself from doing things. So I didn't go to university when I was younger because I was too anxious. And I found the situation had changed. And I just didn't have the courage to do it. And I just kind of bumbled my way through retail jobs in my 20s and didn't really have a career path. And I could see now, looking back, I stopped myself from so many different opportunities, from trying different opportunities because I was scared of failing and thinking that I wasn't going to be good enough. 
And I loved having children. I had um, three children in my late 20s, early 30s. So I stayed at home with them and, and adored that. I loved, I loved being a mum and I loved that time with being at home with them. And I suppose my confidence had started to grow through having the children because it was something that I knew I was good at and I was enjoying. And it's, it's just such a rewarding job. I suppose as I, as I started to gain a small bit of confidence in my 30s, I could see then, I started to see this pattern of stopping myself from doing things. And I wanted to change that and I wanted to start changing it. So then you start digging deeper into that and you, you look back at why you've stopped yourself. And, it, and mostly it was my body confidence. I really didn't feel like I fitted in. I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. And when you don't feel comfortable in your own body, it's very hard to get past that. It's a huge barrier. Can I ask, was there something that triggered this thought process in you? Did you just wake up one day and go, hmm, I'm going to look into what was stopping me from saying yes to opportunities? Or was there something that led you to this self-discovery? Yeah, I mean, I got divorced at 39. And I'd been with my, my, my first husband from being the age of 16. So that was a long oh, relationship wow. to leave. So for the first time at 39, from really in adulthood, I was on my own. Mm. And then you really do have to figure out who you are. Because, you, you know, you, you suddenly find yourself on your own and, you know, what do I like to eat? What do I like to go and buy at the shops? What do I like to watch on the television? Because you're so used to being in a partnership. So that, that really was the kickstart for me to, to discover what I was about, what I might be capable of, what I enjoyed doing. And um, I'd already started working as a preschool nursery teacher. And so I started doing that as the kids were getting older. It fitted in with school holidays and oh, yeah. um, you know, times. So it was a really lovely job. I loved it. So at the time when I got divorced, I actually went to university because obviously it was something that was harping in my back of my head that I should have gone when I was younger and I wanted that experience. And it's never too late. Exactly. No. Yeah. So um, I gained an education studies degree when I was 41 and really enjoyed that experience hugely. You know, I really, I came out of there so much more confident and, and really believed in myself. I thought I was going to do that. That was going to be my next career. And, and obviously things don't work the way you, you expect them to <laughs> at all. Nope. <laughs> and uh, during that time, my friends had um, volunteered me to model in a local fashion show with them um, for charity. And I'd never done anything like that before. Never imagined I could do anything like that. I had no desire to when I was younger at all. And so I did it and I really loved it. And I came off the stage feeling really empowered. And it was exciting and I had the adrenaline rush. And then the, I did it every year. I've done it for 10 years now. And the more I did it, the more I wanted to do it. And so when the photographer kept saying, you're actually really photogenic, have you thought about modeling? I thought, well, actually, I got to the stage, well, why not? What have I got to lose now? What, you know, my kids were older. Um, so I sent off to model agencies. And um, when I did that, I actually, because I've lived in this small village um, in the north of England all my life, I kind of thought, well, if I got some local work in, in Leeds, which is my nearest city, as a hobby, kind of at weekends, that would be amazing. It would be really good fun. And I actually got picked by a London agency. Um, and that was the game changer because obviously then I, I really thought, well, actually, I've got to take this seriously and throw myself into it. So that's what I did. I'm just sitting here in shock at like <laughs> the, the positive slippery slope you went down where it was just like this and then this and then this. But I've got to back up a little bit 
And think that you said a lot of the reason you were saying no to things through life, including university at the first shot Mm -hmm. and a lot of other things, was because you were self-conscious. Yeah. And then a friend says, I want you to do this thing for charity. I don't know about you. If I have real fears or concerns or self-consciousness around things, a friend asking me to do it is not going to make the answer yes. Yeah, I think if it had been a few years earlier before I'd got divorced, it would have been no. Yeah. (laughs) But I think when I got to 40, it was literally like six months after I'd I'd separated. So I was on my own and I did a tandem skydive um, for my 40th birthday. And I'm so scared of heights, Megan. I really can't tell you. I I could never. (laughs) I really can't do it. But I thought what a great way to become more fearless because I knew I had to find the courage somewhere to change my life and make it how I wanted it to be and so I did that and that was that was an amazing experience I was terrified um but equally and I'm still scared of heights I have to say (laughs) didn't cure it didn't cure it Um, but it gave me that ability to build up like a I suppose like a memory bank of bravery in my head so that whenever I face new challenges now I can look back and think okay well you've done this and Mm. then you did that and it's always there so I, I, I think I must have made a conscious decision to, to push myself out of my comfort zone because I knew that I needed to grow. Yeah. That's amazing, though, that you, you made that decision and then you actually did it. Because some people go, I'm going to change. This will be my year. And then they don't follow through. Yeah. You did it. Yeah. And I spent probably 20 years doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose when I got to 40, I thought, well, listen, when are you going to do it if you don't do it now? There has been a sense of urgency within me since turning 40 and now I'm 50, where I feel like this is your time. You've got to get on with it because if you don't do it, that's gone and you never get the opportunity again. So I suppose as I've got older, this this sense of urgency and this need and desire to start doing things has got much stronger. I just look back and think, gosh, I wasted so many opportunities because I held myself back. And so now I've opened those doors, there's no going back. <laughs> so it's it's constantly, okay, what, what else can I see if I can do? What can I try next? And I don't necessarily always go out seeking it. It's just that when you do say yes to more things, opportunities come your way that you never imagined would be possible, I guess. Yeah. And we're going to get into what it's like now being in the fashion industry and being a model over 40, now 50. But I want to talk to you about another thing that you'd mentioned to me off the air, we could say, yeah, is that you, even though you've grown up in this small town and you've lived in England your whole life, you have traveled abroad and experienced other cultures and you are now, is it in a partnership or a marriage? Marriage, yeah. A, a second marriage with someone from a very different culture from your own. Yes. Can we tap into kind of what you've experienced and how that's a part of building confidence and having these things that you're saying yes to these days? It's been a huge part of my journey because I do live in a very white middle class village um, and it isn't multicultural. There's not a lot of diversity. And that can be really, you know, I've been a podcast called Out of the Bubble and that's why I named it that because it's like living in a little bubble. And mm. I've always been desperate to, to break out of that because there's life going on out there from, you know, all different walks of life that are so interesting and fascinating. And so 
after after I did turn 40, that was one of the key things that I really realized I wanted to do was to travel more. So I um, volunteered and went to work in an orphanage in Uganda. Um, and I did that for three or four years. And, you know, the, the people there were so amazing and so interesting and so friendly and diverse and colorful. It just it, it lights something up in me. I want to be around people from different cultures because we can all learn so much from each other. Mm-hmm. It's very gray. Life's very gray if you don't have that, I think. And that's something that I've really discovered that I definitely need. Um, and then I went on to do some volunteering in India a couple, for a couple of years. And again, the same thing. It's about being open to different stories and different backgrounds and different ways of life that, you know, we, we all get so stuck in this rut of thinking that our way is the only way that there is. And you need diversity and to be around people from different cultures to show you that there's so many different possibilities to live your life. Um, you know, my husband's parents are both were both from Trinidad, and they moved to the uh, to England when they were they were younger. And so it's lovely for me to be able to have that as well, to be able to to find out more about that background. And I just find other people so interesting and fascinating. And I want they're the kind of people I want to be around. I want to to be around diversity and learn from other people. And your husband. What do I want to ask about him? (laughs) (laughs) How has meeting your husband and getting into this next chapter of life added to your confidence and your your new way of thinking? Yeah, I mean that's that was um, yeah. Obviously, you get divorced and you you go through this this rocky patch of finding out who you are, and it is a roller coaster, and not it's not all good. (laughs) Um, And then I got to a probably I got to a calmer place within myself so then I thought okay well actually I am ready to meet somebody else and what would it be like if I if I found somebody um and I actually found my um my husband Mark we actually met on match.com believe it or not you know what I'm not surprised (laughs) this is like the modern this is what dating is these days I have so many friends who have met their partners online and it's just the way it's the way it is these days. Yeah. Yeah. And I live in a very small village. And so, you know, everybody knew me for, for my last 50 years and everybody knew my background. And it was, I just knew I didn't want to, to date anybody that was from the same place as me because it's just too much history. So it was refreshing. So he lived in, in London um, and um, we clicked straight away. And then within six months, I'd gone down to meet him in London and we've been together ever since. Um, so we've been married seven years now and it's just it is different meeting somebody at this stage in life because you're both very solid in who you already are so Mm -hmm. you can you can just accept each other and come together and support each other but you don't have to pretend to be anything other than you which is really it's a nice relaxed liberating feeling well that can lead us into this idea I'm putting quotes on that you can't see my air quotes (laughs) This idea that life does not end at 40. Absolutely. Yeah, it really doesn't. Yeah. yeah. That, you, that you not only have started a completely new career after 40, you found yourself after 40. Yeah, it does feel like that. And, you know, I'm not taking anything away from my past because it's all part of your journey, isn't it? And, and lots of that, that past was really important to me. And I really appreciate all of that, but it does feel like I'm opening, I've opened up this new chapter. So it is like a second life and I am much more in control of how I curate that now as well, which is exciting. I think maybe I didn't have that sense of control of what I wanted to do and where, 
you know, what I wanted to achieve in life when I was younger because I just didn't have a clue. Whereas now I'm much more, I'm more determined, I'm more ambitious than I ever have been before. And and I'm also just open. I think it's just been open to new opportunities. That's exciting. Do you think that's something that comes with age? I think it can. Yeah, I speak to a lot of women that are in their 40s and 50s that that are feeling the same as I am and that are going on to start new careers, new jobs, new hobbies. Um, I think it does come with age. I think you get to a point where you do think, okay, well, you know, now it's my time again. If you've got children, the, the chances are they're all getting ready to flee, you know, flee home and go to university or whatever. And you do get this new sense of freedom that you maybe haven't had for quite a few years. Yeah, I'm not there yet. I'm in the non-freedom stage of having children. <laughs> Which is lovely. <laughs> we'll call it lovely. <laughs> Light at the end of the tunnel, let's put it that way. <laughs> No, it, it is lovely. And I, I agree with a statement you said much earlier, which was that motherhood has brought me confidence. Yeah. I, I meant to bring this up when you said it, but I do think there's something about growing humans and you're just keeping them alive. It's empowering. Yeah. And you think, oh, look what I'm doing. Look yeah. what I've done. And you're like, if I can do this, what else could I do? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I actually had three miscarriages before I had my three children, which was, again, another huge knock to my confidence. So mm. then when I did manage to have them, my three children, I think that was just so, so special and so magical to be able to, to have done that, that it just gave me this real sense of who I was, really, and, and belonging and and just having that, yeah, like, these, like you said, that inner confidence to think, look what we've achieved, look what I've done here with these children. And um, you know, these are part of my life now. And, and that's something that was a real kind of kick up the bum, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, again, something you said is that this is the new chapter, your after 40 chapter. But all of that, the you know, fertility and having children and the fact that you did say no along the way and then had to reckon with that later was all a part of building you to where you were when you turned 40. Yeah. To say, okay, what am I going to do with myself now? Yeah. What can I do? I think it's getting to that point of taking responsibility for your life, actually, as well. I think, mm. you know, it's easy sometimes to go along with what everybody else expects you to do in society. And sometimes you have to stop that and kind of get off that wheel and say, well, actually, no, what do I want? And it's my responsibility to manage my life and, and, and do the things that I want to do. And that's not always easy to do. No. No. Well, you've just brought up society. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go there. Yeah. <laughs> because if we if we listen to society, society says you're over 40, you can't be a model. Yeah. You can't pursue fa a fashion career especially when you've never done it. You're a primary school teacher yeah. or nursery school teacher. What do you think you're doing? So, what was that like when you looked society in the face and went, "Well, I'm going to do it anyways." Yeah, I did have that kind of, I always felt embarrassed when anybody asked me what I did for a job. I would be like, please don't ask me, please don't ask me, because I would be embarrassed to say what I was doing, because it, in the back of my mind, I think I was always thinking, oh, they're going to think, well, yeah, her age, you know, what, who's she kidding? And mm. I think I've been really fortunate that I've had such great, particularly on social media, I've had such great support from other women. And that's really helped me push myself to make sure that I do show up 
and do what I'm doing. And I mean, I love modeling. I love, I love being in front of the camera. I'm not going to lie. If something happens to me when I'm in front of the camera and I know lots of people hate it, but and I used to hate it, but I love it now. I love meeting new people. I love getting to travel. I've always enjoyed fashion. So for me now, it's, it's, it's a fantastic job. And there's a part of me that's quite stubborn. So I quite like the fact that I'm doing something that maybe you don't expect to 40, you know, 40, I was 46 when I started the new career. I quite like the fact that I did that. It's there's something, there's a streak in me that, that is, I suppose, wanting to show society and myself that I'm not finished yet. Are you a bit of a rebel? Yeah, I don't think I ever was before because I didn't have the courage to, but now I have. I suppose I am, I think, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. No, no, I think it's something <laughs> that I didn't know was there. And actually, I think really is. <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is you did build enough confidence to say yes to that first charity fashion show and then to put your resume out there and take on the first few jobs. But it still took some effort to really build the confidence to say, this is who I am now. Yeah, definitely. And actually, the turning point there, I'd been modeling for a year. And it was kind of lifestyle things and beauty jobs, which I was really enjoying. And when I did feel literally physically sick before I turned up to some of these jobs, because no one likes to, no one feels comfortable when they feel like they don't know what they're doing. And especially in an industry where, you know, lots of the older models have modeled since they were teenagers. So they've been yeah. in it for the, you know, for the long haul. And so to go in as a newbie at this age was quite daunting, really. Although I have had, you know, lots of support from, from the industry and I've never had any negative experiences, touch wood. Um, so, um, but I actually, within my first year, I got a job with an American brand called Swimsuits for All. And it was for a week in the Bahamas. And it was with um, one of my model icons, Ashley Graham, who I just thought was amazing. And so in my first year, I found myself on a plane um, on my own going to this um, island with, um, and it was with Lizzo, the singer uh, Lizzo as well, to do a video. And I cannot tell you, Megan, I was absolutely terrified. I was thinking, what the hell am I thinking? Who am I kidding? I can't do this. You know, I was in tears at Heathrow Airport. My husband had to kind of prize me out of the toilet and get me on the plane. Oh. <laughs> um, but when I got there and I was modelling swimwear at 47 on the beach alongside these people, and I just thought, I, I can do this. I am doing this. And look how great I look. And then again, feedback from from consumers that were seeing the, the campaign afterwards was like, thank you for showing an older grey-haired model with curves. Um, and so... I came back from there a different person. I came back from there thinking, hell yes, I want more of that. I can do this. Hmm. Hell yes. Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> and have you had any other adventures since then? Have you faced any other fears? Um, I suppose every job's <laughs> got a slight bit, maybe not fear, but I'm, I'm always nervous. But I think that's because it's an excitement because I want to yeah. do a good job. Uh, yeah. I have done, you know, since then after the swimwear, I've gone on to do some, some work with some leading brands for lingerie campaigns. And that's, again, that's always scary because most of the time I'm, I'm usually the only older model and I'm in a group of younger women. Um, but I think it's brilliant to have that kind of campaign and to be involved in the conversation because we need to see all this diversity and shapes and sizes and ages working together. I was going to say there's a huge push for 
um, body type inclusivity and in modeling now, right? Mm. We've got the Ashley Grahams pushing for all different body types to be across ad campaigns. But is there a push for the age diversity or is that something that's still a bit of a, there's some friction there? Yeah, there's still some friction there. I think we've got a long way to go. I think yeah. I think we're, we are seeing changes um, because we're part of the conversation and the bigger picture, but I think we're probably at the bottom of the list. <laughs> you know, I think um, consumers are actually crying out to brands now to say we want to be represented, we want to see older women in campaigns because they they hold the purse strings you know Mm -hmm. the over 50s market you know they financially are one of the biggest groups of consumerism so you know they they do have to start listening to that we're seeing a lot of tokenism you know you might see the odd older model in london or new york or um, paris fashion shows um but we've still got a long way to go and i guess regarding tokenism you've got to start somewhere so if they are using just one older model then hopefully the feedback they get from that should be encouraging enough to then make it more common and so it's not just you know just a one-off but I think we have got a long way to go and it's very frustrating (laughs) but you're part of the the upward trend of gray hair gray haired curvy models yeah I hope so and it's just nice to be part of the conversation rather than sitting back and not doing anything about it I feel like you know, I can try and keep pushing those boundaries and keep pushing the brands that I target that I want to work with to 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 be more inclusive. And so um, I've certainly got the passion to keep going for that. Good. And before we move on to what, what other project you're working on, I want to ask, what do your kids think? Uh, they're really proud. It's not something we talk about all the time. You know, my youngest is 18. I've got a 21-year-old son and my daughter will be 23 soon. So it's not something they've got their own lives. And you know what it's like with teenagers. They're not really interested in what you're doing, but they are really proud of me. And and it's good to have those conversations with them around diversity and being, you know, being able to relate to lots of different shapes and sizes. I want them to be body confident. Well, then we can get into the last chapter of this conversation, which is how are you using your story to motivate others? What is this other project? You you mentioned it quickly earlier with another question. Yes. So yeah, I mean, two years ago, because I had been, and I was when I started modeling, I was very new to social media. I just probably been on Facebook, but I certainly wasn't on Instagram. And so I, I threw myself into it and connected with so many like-minded women that were in midlife that were going off doing fantastic adventures, you know, starting paddleboarding and and all sorts of different things in, in later in life and, and starting new careers. And I found it really exciting and it inspired me every day to show up and do what I was doing. And so I thought, what a great way to be able to share these stories when they use my platform. So I created Out of the Bubble podcast, which has been running for two years now. And I have a weekly guest on each week of, of women sharing their stories of, of life after 40 because I don't think the media necessarily represent it in the right way. There's still kind of this stigma of, you know, you're over the hill and you're slowing down at 40, and that's just not the reality at all out there. So I love it. I love making connections with new women that constantly inspire me. So it's been it's been one of the most surprising and amazing things to have done, to be honest. I love my podcast. And it's not just other models or famous career women you're looking for any story of 
of people who are succeeding in doing things over 40. Yeah, it's it's people from all walks of life. I have had some models, I've had body confidence um, people, I've had some celebrities, but mostly it's everyday women that could be your neighbours that are, you know, retraining, restarting new careers, going off on adventures, just getting on with their life and really embracing this next chapter. So it is a very positive message. It's about championing midlife women, really. And then where do you want to go from here with yourself and your career and perhaps also with the podcast or other projects? Yeah, I've, I've, I'm ambitious. I am ambitious. I've, I sense that. Yeah, during, <laughs> during the pandemic, I've, I suppose one good thing has been that it has allowed me time to breathe a bit and think, okay, what do you want to do? Mm. So I'm currently doing a body confidence coach diploma, which is exciting. So I'm launching a body confidence, midlife body confidence online course next month. So I'm busy working on that. I'd love to do some presenting. I really enjoy the interviews and I love, um, you know, last week I did a charity event where I did a 13-hour live Instagram day of interviews. Um, So I was on interview live from half eight in the morning till half nine at night. And I love that. I really love the interview side. So I'd like to try and do some presenting and just keep an open mind to, to what comes along. It's so amazing to hear your story and you say, I want to be on a stage. I want to present to people. I want to be live for 13 hours knowing where your story started yes and I you know I I once joked to somebody about you know when I was younger I my kind of childhood dream was to be a backing singer Um, I always wanted to be a backing singer I love singing and that that was wanted to be but I didn't want to be up front I wanted to be behind the scenes (laughs) as a backing singer and now I suppose if you ask me I would want to be the main singer I would want to be up front so I've definitely changed wow what a what a great role model for it's funny we say role model and we think of someone who's presenting to teenagers or 20 somethings but you're a role model for my group which is the 30 somethings because we can look forward to where you are and what you're doing and go ah yes i have something to look forward to good i think it's sure i think that's one of the things that really is so important these intergenerational conversations because I want to be able to make sure that the, the generation below us don't fear aging and don't get scared about it because there is so much scaremongering about, you know, the menopause and the changes you go through. And yes, there's lots to deal with, but it can be a really exciting stage. And I think, you know, the way the media portrays aging for for the 20s and 30-year-olds, it's that's, it almost sets fear in you. So, you know, if I can help change that in any way, then that would be great. Well, you've already done it for me. Good. (laughs) So one, one point. That's good. That's good enough. (laughs) And is there anything else you want to add for your story and for my listeners before we end? I think it's just to to say yes more. Just get out there and say yes more and don't be scared of life because you just don't know what saying yes to things lead, what might lead to. And I said no to things way too often when I was younger. So yeah, say yes more. Say yes more. A big thank you to Rachel for sharing her story. I hope all the 20 and 30-something listeners can look forward to their 40s and beyond with ambition and confidence. And I hope my 40s and beyond listeners can be inspired to say yes today, right now, and do something to build up their banks of experience and confidence because it's never too late. 
Links and gorgeous pictures of Rachel are in the show notes on balancingcultures.com. Thank you for listening. This was Balancing Cultures, and I'm Megan Kitchen. Thank you.